Hi, and welcome to Behind the Drag, a new podcast from In the Know that takes you behind the scenes with some of the biggest names in the world of drag. In this series, you'll get to meet the people and stories behind some of the most iconic drag personas. From what makes them tick to how drag has shaped their lives, they're spilling all the tea. On today's episode, we're talking to three queens, Wang Newton, The Vixen, and Maybe a Girl, whose performances and personas are pushing the boundaries of drag and making far-reaching impacts through activism and social commentary. Hey, it's me, Wang Newton. Please welcome into Wang's world. What does Wang Newton and a golden retriever have in common? They both having the yellow tail. People call Wang Newton daddy. I don't know why. So I guess I have to tell him the daddy jokes. Hi, my name is Dr. Wang Newton and I am a drag king. Drag is an art form that is relatively new. However, it goes way back before the Tang Dynasty in China. Drag gives you freedom. There is something that we don't allow ourselves to fully be. And I think drag allows for that. Most people actually have not heard of drag king. People have heard of drag queens. So this is a theatrical performance of masculinity. We get to redefine what masculinity is. I am an MC mostly. I don't lip sync as much. I like running around and I like introducing other number one performers. I have a more traditional character and it's a very cheesy, masculine, suited, Vegasy guy. Anytime you hear a pun, I'm gonna need you to say, ready guys? We have consent. Bing, bing, bong. <laughs> Wang is a joker, but at the same time, Wang is a superhero. The guy that saves the day because there's that positive, joyously mad attitude. It's not hard to jump into Wang persona, I, not for me anyway. It's really a part of me. It's something I can turn off and on. I think we all have to acknowledge that it is a part of ourselves, so we allow it. My tagline is calling everything number one. This is gonna be number one crowd. You guys are number one audience. Growing up was not number one. I was born in Taiwan and I came to the U.S. at five years of age. I didn't see many people around me who were queer. Coming out of the closet was a slow process. There was a bit of shame, it felt taboo. At the same time, I remember Oprah said it was okay. So, <laughs> picture this. 2004 Halloween, Philadelphia, was my first time in drag. I just started doing duets with everyone at the party. Wang Newton was born. I was instantly drawn to drag. Wang engages with gender stereotypes by total People want you to behave a certain way. You have gender plus ethnic stereotypes. So I like to say I culture I will switch it up on you. I will do all the stereotypes so there's nothing left for you to really say. It's interesting to be of Asian heritage and in the drag community. There's about less than 40 Asian heritage drag kings in the world. 
The most meaningful reaction I ever got from my drag was from Taiwan because they got to see one of their own, but doing it for so long and they had no idea. And when they discovered me, I got to discover myself even more. Something that helps me a lot in life is mindfulness. That practice is a foundation of Wang. What I value is clarity, being centered and grounded. In this realm of drag, we can become much bolder and wider and play many spectrums. But at the same time, don't get lost in that. You must know who you truly are. And from there, you can express everything. As Malcolm X said, the most disrespected person in America is the black woman. The most unprotected person in America is the black woman. I use my show, Black Girl Magic, to uplift them, celebrate them, and also give them a space to be exactly what they are without pandering to anything else. The Vixen is powerful, aggressive, a feisty, feisty person. <laughs> My name is Anthony Taylor. I'm known as The Vixen. I'm from Chicago, Illinois. Being The Vixen has really allowed me to tap into a personality that I didn't think I had. I've always been a little bit afraid to speak out. In the beginning, I thought that drag queens weren't allowed to say this or that. I thought I, as a black kid, wasn't going to be able to speak out or make a difference in these ways. It's very important to speak your mind and to exercise your right to put yourself out there because if you live your life internal, when you die, no one will really know who you are or what you were about. Right now we're at Lake Michigan and this has always been my anchor in Chicago. Being at the lake and seeing it and how huge it is, is a really good reminder for me of how small I am as a person and how small I am in the world and in the universe and it really helps me kind of feel grounded and not take myself so seriously. So I like to come here to think, to write, to decompress and relax. The day of my show is very intense. I typically get very quiet so I kind of store up all of my energy throughout the day. My favorite philosophy comes from my grandmother, and that is, if I help somebody, then my life isn't in vain. My mom has always been very strict about telling the truth. She, she said, if you have to lie about it, you shouldn't be doing it. Being a fighter or being aggressive or being assertive, I knew that as long as I could go home and look my mother in the eye, then I was doing the right thing. Black Girl Magic is my show that is comprised completely of black drag queens, male, female, transgender. It's really been amazing because Roscoe's is in the middle of the Voice Town strip, which was once looked at as a very segregated area. So to have a show that celebrates black drag queens in the heart of an area that used to be very controversial and not very open-minded is progress. I think drag queens are a beacon of adversity. Especially back in the day, you had to have the balls to go outside in a wig, heels, 
be, not only be visible, but be a target. Regular people can look at drag queens and get that confidence and say, you know what, I just need to go out because there's a good time being had without me. I hope people leave my show feeling like I can do anything because to see some kid from the south side of Chicago turn a whole community that was not very open-minded into a celebration of black drag queens is impossible. And so if I can do that, you can do anything. For me, drag is not about how you look at me, it's about how I want you to view me. You can't ignore the eight foot tall woman in the room. People pay attention to you when you're in drag. My name is Maybe a Girl. I'm the first drag queen elected to public office in the United States of America. I'm currently serving on the Silver Lake Neighborhood Council, which is one of the more than 90 neighborhood council districts here in Los Angeles. There's 21 members on the neighborhood council. So the cool thing about that is that we effectively created a progressive majority, which really allows for the opportunity to actually have change occur. Two of my big priorities on the neighborhood council are LGBTQIA issues, as well as homelessness issues here in Los Angeles. I briefly volunteered for the Lincoln Park Community Shelter as one of their overnight supervisors. And essentially, I would go and stay overnight with the shelter. And one of the things that struck me immediately is that a lot of these people were just like you and me. Here in Los Angeles, 40% of homeless youth are LGBTQIA people. They're kicked out of their homes, they're less employable, they're not given as many opportunities. And I think that these are all some of the tragedies of the society that we live in. So that's one of the reasons I want to advocate specifically for LGBTQIA issues and homelessness issues. I also attended the Homelessness Liaison Meeting at City Hall last week, where city and county officials went over the state of endeavors to alleviate homelessness in LA. One city official said that the city is not doing enough to address homelessness, but that's because they can't do enough. I hope the council will join me in condemning this action by our city council members, especially as they tout all of the great work that they're doing for homeless people in LA. That's all. I could have had my boy name on the ballot, but I decided to run as maybe a girl because I know that I have a more powerful voice when I'm in drag. Drag is inherently political, and that's sort of interesting, is even though I'm a political queen, every queen is technically a political queen because just the act of going out you know, dressed in a way that is gender non-conforming is making a political and social statement. It is you living your true colors, you know, feeling free enough to express yourself in the way that you want to express without having society tell you that you can't. That's part of why drag has been so liberating for me because it really allows me to embrace who I am and what I'm about. I've been painting and a visual artist long before I started doing drag. I found that it was a great way to express what I was feeling artistically, get some emotions out. My aha moment, if you will, for drag makeup was realizing instead of painting a canvas, this is the canvas that I'm painting. And it's actually an advantage to have the same exact canvas that you're painting over and over and over again because, you know, you learn the idiosyncrasies of your own face. You notice all the little details. You know, at first I thought that my queer identity just had to do with, you know, who I was attracted to. You know, liking boys instead of girls. And not realizing that part of my queer identity is being a girl that was, you know, born in a man's body. That I'm gender fluid, so 
For me, I like being both a boy and a girl. Putting all this makeup on and living as maybe a girl, I think that even though I'm wearing a mask, I'm no longer wearing a mask. It's head to toe, it's the hair, it's the makeup, it's the costume, it's the body, it's the shoes. And for me, it's really, once the makeup is done, once the body's on, as soon as the wig goes on, it's like a whole nother world. I've had people message me saying, oh, I, I wanna get into politics, but I also wanna do drag, and I didn't think that I could do both until you showed me that I can do both. And that's, that's just so touching and inspiring to me that I just wanna keep, keep doing that. My platform has three parts to it, to protect, to advocate, and to legislate. To protect minorities, to protect women, to protect immigrants, to protect the environment, to advocate for diversity, inclusion, and representation, and to legislate for progressive action. One thing you can do today to make a difference is register to vote. You can go online, you can email me, I will help you register to vote if you need to. For more stories from In The Know, go to inthenow.com. You can also follow In The Know on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. A big thank you to Wang Newton, The Vixen, and Maybe A Girl for sharing their stories. Stay tuned for more episodes of Behind The Drag. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.